Welcome to the NDC Savings Club radio show. And again, everyone, welcome to the NDC Savings Club radio show hour. And I am your host, Alex Acuna. And that great song was Wake Up Everybody by Harold Melvin Melvin and the Blue Notes. And that went back all the way to 1975. So again, it's it's talking about, if you guys get a chance to listen, that was like 40 years ago. And it's talking about how politicians and teachers and businessmen should wake up and be spiritual and tell the truth and do the right things. And um, believe it or not, I think it's happening now. More and more people, more than ever, are beginning to come to that core or that awakening from inside of themselves and looking at what's wrong and now standing up and using the great resources we have now through technology, the internet, mobile devices, uh, all these uh, pads that we have out there, all these uh, mobile devices and pads and stuff that we have. So again, you know, people are beginning to wake up and people are beginning now to also start doing stuff. Um, so again, um, my show here, the NDCSavingsClub.com. Again, NDC, like Nancy David Charles, savings with an S, club.com. And what this is, well, it's a resource. It's a website that you can go to. It's like a directory uh, to help you save money on your health care needs. And that's really what was created. You know, that's why it was created. Going back, uh, it was created in, in the spring of 2014, so now it's uh, two years old. And what it is, is is a way that people can go and look around for ways to help them save money on their health care needs, like benefits, like uh, dental and vision, lab work, blood work, MRIs, CT scans, let's say glasses, uh, medical supplies, contact lenses. So as you can see... It's a whole website, and it's free. That's the best part of it all. It's a free service that people can go browse around and look for what you might need to help you save money. There's companies there that I have interviewed. Let's say as an example for affordable glasses. A lot of people can't afford glasses. They're very expensive. I know if you go to Lens Crafters or Sears, the glasses and the frames are very expensive. So here's a company, Zenny. Uh, Zenny Glass, they've been around for, I think, 30 or 40 years here in the U.S., and they'll be able to provide you with affordable glasses. Uh, instead of those, a lot of times our kids, you know, when they're small and all, they're always breaking glasses. And if you buy those cheap ones, 
at these dollar stores, you know, they, they last for as long as they're going to last. I guess the kids would just sit on them once or throw them in a book bag, and then the frames come out frame and all. You know, the frame comes out bent. So, again, it's not worth the money. So if you're able to contact these people, you'll be able to get a uh, you know, good pair of glasses, I think, for $6.95, which I do have for my daughter and for ourselves. I bought like five pairs. And then, you know, we're able to just lay them around, and they now they've been around now for like five years. So, again, I know of these companies for many years and been involved with the benefits, helping people save money on benefits. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with these companies, and I trust, you know, good companies that have been around for a long time and nationwide, and this is what our program is about, to help you save money. So, again... This is what the Industry Savings Club is all about. So talking about saving money on health care, I also strongly believe 100% that we need to take care of our health ourselves. We need to stop uh, counting on the medical system, ultradoxy, telling you, you know, what to do. Because most of the time, all they're going to do is just prescribe drugs to you, medications to you, which in overall will create more uh, conditions than what the original condition that you have. Because, again, they all have side effects. So, again, uh, and they don't even know what these side effects are with other medications. And if you ever notice these TV shows when they have these medications and all, they talk about a list of uh, of all these uh, side effects. And that's just for that one particular medication. Sadly, people are taking three to five to 12 medications. So imagine what kind of, uh, you know, hell that's doing in your body with all these side effects and, and your organs and your, and your blood work and your liver has all this toxic load. So again... Uh, I strongly believe that we need to start taking care of ourselves, start doing the research, start spending time, you know, behind these computers and learning about our health. Uh, luckily, and thank God, there's a lot of great shows out there that you can listen to archived. And a great example is PRN. Right here, right on this radio station, you can go into the archives and look at what's happening, you know, around and concerning with health and concerning with politics and concerning with financials and concerning with global. It's all here. We have progressive, enlightened people, producers that are out there, and this is what they do to try to give an awakening to what's going on, and we have these great resources. So again, instead of wasting your time and spending your time probably looking at TV and and also looking at these reality shows and videos and all this garbage, and especially for the young people in our audience, and maybe for us that are older, to tell this to our kids, stop wasting your time for no future. You need to start, you know, looking, 
you know, at different possibilities because, you know, um, the reality, and we're all beginning to know this, is that everything is a lie. So again, we're beginning to start understanding that, that that's what's happening. Everything has been woven, weaved into a lie. Very rare do you find the truth. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I like to tell people that everything's a lie. So then I like to tell them, you tell me what is true. And usually anything they're going to say, it's probably they're wrong. It's a lie. So again, and if they don't believe that, which is fine, they can do their own research. And again, like I mentioned, for the younger kids, younger people in this audience, definitely start taking that in consideration that everything that you see advertised, even on the Internet, is a lie. And start looking for other um, sources, other truths. So again, PRN, definitely it's a great source. Of course, there's many other ones out there. But I always say, like always, you need to look at five or seven or 15 different sources for any topic because then you'll have a better idea what the truth is instead of just coming up and doing a Google search and just come up with the first one or two and there's your answer. No, the possibility, continue your research and look at five, seven, 15 different you know, resources and see where the reality and the truth is. So again, um, a lot of us that are listening now to this radio station and to the show and to other shows here on PRN and other programs, we're pretty much awoken to this. We know. We know better. So uh, I can definitely say that we are about five to ten to 20 years ahead of everyone else, of the truth. And what's interesting is that people now are beginning, and I've been saying this from the beginning of this year, that people now are beginning to kind of, will probably trust you and probably would listen to what you're saying. Because realistically, we've been saying this stuff for like 10, 20 years a lot of us. And guess what? They heard us saying these things for 20, 30 years ago. And now they're beginning to realize that we were probably right. We've always been right. And now people will start thinking, say, you know what? Alex or Joe or Mary have been saying this for 10, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And they still say it. And, you know, now I'm beginning to realize they were right. So, again, we here awoken and being bearers of this news of being a messenger, we need to start also telling people. And they're more than likely are willing to listen to us. So we're able to give them resources. We're able to send them websites. You know, right through our phones, right through our emails, and then start off specifically with what 
you know, what's of interest to them or what's concerning them. And then you do your research, find out, you know, the best possibility to send it to, to them. So, you know, don't send them a bunch of garbage. I mean, people have a low uh, attention span. So if they were interested in, let's say, uh, on this topic of magnets, as an example, you know, you don't want to go out there and send them 10 websites on magnets because that means that you really didn't do your work and you didn't really see the whole topic of magnets, whatever. So, but if you did, you will realize that here's one or two good sources. And then you would send that out to your friends, your family, or your neighbors, or someone you know. And then, you know, they will look at one or two, top, you know, websites or articles or something, most likely. And again, that's only normal. I mean, how, how would you like it if you were interested in a topic and then you know, a friend sends you, you know, five or 15 or 20 different links? It would overwhelm you and you probably won't look at any of them. So again, it's just human nature and this is just how we are. So then I, I would strongly suggest that since we're now becoming messengers of this information, and that's what we are, and that's what the world needs now. The world needs messengers and teachers, and that's what we've been trained to do now for the last 10, 20, 30, 50 years. And now it's our time to start passing along our information. So again, make sure that you send someone this information, and you know, at least one or two, and at least that will get them started. And that will be my suggestion. So again, as you can see here, everyone, uh, this is kind of a show to help people. Uh, help them. Um, you might start off like with the savings club. You know, you might want to save money on your health care. Here's a great resource. And our website, you can go and you can also, there's a uh, inscribe, so you can also subscribe to our program. And it's free. It's not mandatory. It's just It's, it's voluntarily. The site is free. Again, ndcsavingsclub.com. And then this way, you know, you have a source there that you can send to people. And I like starting people with health care, helping them save money on health care. Who doesn't need to help money on health care? Our insurance plans are falling apart. Uh, a lot of people are making the mistake of getting the cheapest plan. <clears throat> So what happens when you get the cheapest plan, you really are paying a monthly premium for no benefits at all. So again, you might want to pay a little bit more to get more benefits. Right now, they have plans like, I like to say it's a, it's a bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. Of course, platinum is the highest you know value, so that's the most expensive. And bronze is the cheapest that you can get. So again, what is happening out there, a lot of people or companies are, are, are providing these bronze plans or these silver plans, and basically a lot of these plans don't even have any dental or vision or prescription medication programs. So again, or if they do, you might have to pay a $500 deductible for your medications. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Maybe you only need to take medications, 
uh, you know, once or twice or three times a year. Why would you pay? You're never going to pay $500, but this is how these plans work. So as another service, NDC stands for National Drug Card. And again, it's nationaldrugcard.com. That's how we started this whole program. Uh, uh, that was back in 2005, and I created the National Drug Card as a way to help people save money on their medications. And it's free. It's a, it's a complete free program. And you'll be able to just go there and look for your medication. There's a search tool, and it will give you the lowest price for the, medica- for the medication. It's a discounted price. And you can save anywhere from 30 to 40% on name brands. And the most savings, of course, like most of us, take generics, which is from 50 to 90% on your generic medications. So again, that's how we started with this uh, program back in 2005 and the NDC. And then through you guys asking for other benefits to help people save money in healthcare, that's how we created the NDC Savings Club. So then people can have another source uh, of, so they can save money, and it's a website and it's a directory so people can use, and it's free. So please, you know, share this with your friends and family and all. So again, like I was saying, if we're becoming messengers to the message, then we might start off again with this free savings club or for their medications, and then they might say, well, what is this? Uh, we have a great topic there on uh, holistic and natural. And really, I strongly believe in that. And like I started the show saying about people take a lot of medication, which they do. Um, ideally, it would be for them to get off of them and look for natural ways to help their condition. So again, there's a lot of great information out there that we could be doing this. So again, you know, uh, you have to do it with advice from practitioners or from doctors if they're willing to give you that advice. And people should wean off of it slowly and and, and build up naturally. So again, um, you know, this is the way things should be. And talking about, you know, what we have here and what our show is going to be uh, in the next uh, about 10 minutes or so, the show is going to be on homeopathic. So again, that's really be really interesting show on homeopathic because homeopathic they say is it medicine or magic? And it's a kind of combination of both. It's it's homeopathic, it's energy medicine. And in the future this is gonna become more and more of a reality. It's going to be vibrational medicine, energy medicine. Because right now we have um, biochemical medicine, you know, medications and drugs that work on the cellular level, work on the biological level. And slowly we're beginning now to get into the phase of energy medicine. A good example would be like chiropractic, mag- magnet, also uh, acupuncture, and again, saying that, what is that? You know, what what is this energy? And this is the show that I'm doing. I'm doing a whole new series now. It's called the 40 Flows of Energy Systems. 
I'm talking about 40 different topics here of energy. So, again, this is available to you and PRN Archive, or you can also go to the NDCSavingsClub.com and go there on the archive as well, which goes back to the PRN. So, again, it's there. Let's say you wanted to learn about magnets, like I talked about, energy medicine. What about acupuncture? What about Shagan? What about crystals? What about auras? What about chakras? Meriniums? Chi energy? Yin and yang? You know, as you're beginning to see, these are all energy systems, and I, and I got 40 of them. It's a whole series. So far, I've done like 20 out of the 40. And by the way, I started with 36. I had four other ones to it. So again, who knows, by the time towards the end of my series, I might be up to 45 or 50 energy systems. And what I wanted to do is create um, like a whole directory, a whole series that people can have access to and talking about energy. And like I was saying before, you know, about crystals and auras and all that, what about on Reiki? What about on yoga? What about on chiropractic? What about on meditation? You know, how is this? How, how does this energy work? What about on, you know, on um, astrology, aromatherapy? Uh, what about Korean photography? Uh, what about living foods? That was a great show. And these shows that I did a great show there on living foods and the life force of food. And my guest speaker for that show was Gary No. So he had great insights on talking about the life force of living foods and which foods should you take to heal. I'll give you a quick hint. Uh, sprouts, they're up there on a scale 1 to 10. They're like a 9 and a 10. And this is, and he, he mentioned that these are the healing foods that heal you from inside. And again, it's because it is a life force. And he talked about how this was measured. And he talked about how a hamburger will have no life force, barely a one or a two. So if you're going to eat something of value, you rather eat an eight or a ten compared to a zero or a one or a two. So again, as you're beginning to hear, this is things of interest. A lot of us might be in bad health, ill, or we might know our friends or family or neighbors that are sick. You might want to give them, email them that show, and it's there in the archive. And say, here's something of interest, please listen to it. It might help you. And then you email it to them. And then they'll be able to look at it and listen to the show 24-7, seven days a week, anytime. In the middle of the night, in the middle of the morning, whatever, that's what these shows are about. And again, as messengers, then maybe that person, you don't know who that person might know. And they'll share that with someone else. And they'll share that with someone else. And then this awakening will continue to happen. Um, talking about awakenings, uh, there's a lot happening in this world. It's a lot of horrors, a lot of death, a lot of grief, a lot of pain. 
and it will continue probably to get worse. Here in the U.S., we're beginning to feel it. Now it's economical. Um, a lot of us already been hit by these situations, and it has to do with climate, uh, storms, destruction. It's happening more and more floods, earthquakes, tornadoes. It's going to happen more and more. And in previous shows, and I will say now again, there will be a lot of things happening, bad things. People need to start preparing. And, and again, I'd rather be safe than sorry. So again, we, we have the knowledge and we have also the capabilities to start preparing ourselves that, for things that might happen in the future. So again, have you know, stockpiles of water, food, and heat, you know, because you don't know what might happen. And have, you know, and talk about this with family members and friends. In case something happens, how are you going to band together and work together? So again, the rest of the world is beginning to experience this. And we're beginning to experience it. And in a way, everyone, the Savings Club, NDC Savings Club, if you go to on the left-hand side there for resources, I have there a whole directory of resources that you can have access to, like for reemployment, government benefits. Guess what? One of the programs there is for disaster assistance. So again, it's free resources. Go to it. And again, if you know friends or family or neighbors that might need this, give them these resources and tell them, look, here's something that you might need to help you. And again, uh, I'm beginning to believe that we as an audience, we are the messengers. And again, a lot of us have been doing this uh, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years. So it's nice to start coming to the, you know, and start realizing that your time is now. And people are willing now to listen to you. Because I've been saying it, you know, uh, in the past shows, is that since what happened to 9-11 on the global stage kind of woke up the, the world and woke us up here in the U.S., that something is wrong. And now you're beginning to see it, the establishment, the systems are breaking down. The truth is coming out. I mean, here's, say whatever you want to say about Donald Trump, but then also now Bernie Sanders and stuff, they're kind of letting the truth out, you know, which is great. I mean, agree with them, don't agree, it doesn't matter to me. You know, they're all the same. But at least some of the truth is coming out, which is beginning to make people say what's going on. So again, um, this is kind of an awakening. And for the mass majority of, of people, the majority of people, we already awoken. And it's time for us to educate them and to teach them and to, and to show them resources so they can start you know, looking at a lot of times the truth. Because there is a lot of you know, lies out there, especially on the Internet as well. So like I mentioned 
at the beginning of the show that you have to look through different resources and have a consensus of looking at five to 15 sources and then come out with a probability of what the truth is. And another thing that I want to bring up to everyone, which is interesting to me and maybe you would realize it as well, is that it seems to me that the past, you know, going back 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, in any of these subjects, most of the time that was the truth back then. Now there's so much garbage on the Internet, so many things out there that it's, 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 it's muttered or it gets clouded from the real truth. So for me, it seems like I would suggest to look more towards the past for more of a glimpse of the truth. Start off that way and then look now in the future to see and on the Internet now the newer shows and to see the, the difference between back then and now. And you kind of see more of the truth back then because the truth was spoken more out by people back then. And there weren't, there weren't so many resources to shut them up. Now, either, you know, it's being purposely done, which I believe it is, it's being scattered so people don't know what the truth is. So again, um, that will be my suggestion to everyone. So, um, again, uh, at this point, I wanted to talk about, when I started off with energy, about homeopathic. And the title says here, is it medicine or magic? And for me, it's, it, I think it's both. It's energy medicine, and it is magical. So what is it? I mean, it's been around now for over 200 years. So something that even modern medicine hasn't been around for that long. So again, something has been around for a long time. There's a good possibility that it does work. So homeopathic, and we'll go into watching a great audio clip on it. And they can go into all the details, but uh, the audio clip they can be listening to, it was by United Kingdom back in the 90s. And they did a whole series there on homeopathic. And it was really a good uh, audio clip. They talk about how the royals in Britain and UK, and a lot of the world use homeopathic. Guess why? Because it's cheap. It isn't like regular modern medicine. It's so expensive. This is cheap. It isn't, it's, it's, it's a vibration. You'll learn about it. It's, 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 all it is is a memory. Uh, and, and if you look at it in the microscope, there's nothing there. It's just water. And, but in that water, it has a memory, has a frequency, a vibration uh, to take care of conditions. So again, it's been around for 200 years, and the rest of the world uses it, which is pretty incredible, because again, it's cheap, it isn't expensive at all. And, and what you'll learn about this audio clip, which is really a great audio clip, towards the middle of it, or a little bit towards the middle, a little bit, not towards the end, but in the middle of it, they start, farmers start using it, and Britain start using it for their livestock, and mainly for their cows, for infections and stuff. And again, that's a very good 
uh, experiment that they did. And please listen carefully to that because, see, animals, they're non-biased. They, they can't have uh, the false effect on the mind. Either it works for them or it doesn't work for them. And they were talking about some other infection for cows that give milk. Uh, they would get, in a year, they would get like 40 to 50 infections a year. And, and they, they gave the homeopathic, which was, they just put it in the drinking water. And they only have like three infections. So again, something is going on there. How can you have 40 or 50 infections and now you only have three with this supposedly thing that, you know, that, that it's not real. But it is. The animals don't know any better. So again, please listen to the show. And it would be really interesting how it started. And, you know, and just and uh, I'll tune in towards the end of the show. So again, everyone, here's the show on homeopathic, the audio clip. 200 years ago, a strange new medicine was invented. It was called homeopathy. And despite all the advances of modern medicine, Homeopathy still survives today. That is surprising because its central principle is diametrically opposed to that of established medical science. Homeopathy believes that the more a drug is diluted, the more powerful and beneficial a treatment it becomes. In order to work, the drug must be repeatedly diluted and shaken in a special way. It's a belief system that sounds more like arcane ritual magic than modern rational medicine. And yet today, in the late 20th century, homeopathy is becoming more and more popular, not just with the general public, but among doctors too. So which is it? Medicine or magic? In Britain, alternative medicine seems to be booming, offering a variety of treatments and potions unheard of in conventional medicine. Homeopathic remedies are particularly in demand, suggesting homeopathy has a special appeal. Homeopathy is the most popular and well-known of all the alternative forms of medicine. It is, in fact, the only alternative form of medicine available on the NHS. It has a long tradition of uh, medical practice attached to it, and there are over 500 fully qualified doctors, plus five NHS hospitals operating in the country. Therefore, I think homeopathy has a much higher profile than many of the other alternative medicines. Also, the royal patronage, without doubt, does help homeopathy to raise its profile and to give it a seal of approval. The royals are big fans. The Queen Mother, Prince Charles, and the Queen herself have each given royal warrants to firms of homeopathic chemists. And when medicine was nationalized in 1948, the royal patronage was crucial in ensuring homeopathy became part of the NHS. Today, there remain a handful of homeopathic hospitals which have doggedly survived attempts to ax them and where you can still get treatment on the NHS. Like any other NHS hospital, they have qualified nurses and properly qualified doctors. And they did very well to begin with. Every doctor is fully trained in conventional medicine and has then taken up homeopathy. A consultation at first appears like any other. But quite soon, the similarities with orthodox medicine begin to disappear. Are you a, are you a sensitive person? Are you intuitive? Can you read people's minds? I know that's a difficult question, but... Um, 
Uh, are you a warrior, for instance? Are you a big warrior? No. Are you a neat person? Are you very tidy and meticulous and precise? Yes. Very? Organized. A strong-willed person, would you say? Yes. In diagnosing the patient's illness and deciding on treatment, personality can be as important as the disease itself. With hundreds of possible remedies to choose from, the doctor tries to match up all the aspects of a patient's illness with the particular homeopathic drug that's been found over the years to work best for people with his very specific symptoms and personality. So, unlike conventional medicine, people with the same disease may often not get the same treatment. We'll start you off with a homeopathic remedy, which is really some of the main symptoms that you've brought up, all right? Um, for example, the wind and the, the bloating, not so good in the middle of the afternoon so as a general feature. And also the rather odd symptom which you brought up, of feeling something alive inside the abdomen. But the biggest difference from conventional medicine is with the homeopathic remedies themselves. Unlike most normal drugs, they are made mainly from plants or minerals. There's no chemical processing, the whole plant extract is used. And millions of medicines can be made from just one drop. Homeopaths claim that gradually diluting the extract in stages will make it more potent, providing every time it's diluted, it's succussed. Each stage of dilution involves adding one drop to a hundred drops of a water-alcohol mixture. It was an 18th century German physician, Samuel Hahnemann, who first laid down the principles of homeopathy. He said that a disease can be cured by giving a substance that produces similar symptoms to the disease itself. He called it curing like with like. He also claimed to find, apparently by accident, that diluting and shaking the substance makes it safer and more powerful. But as each stage, called a potency, makes the mixture a hundred times more dilute than before, the levels of dilution quickly become astronomical. After only three stages, it's a million times more dilute. But homeopathic doctors might prescribe anything up to a thousand stages of dilution, normally in the form of pills. To a bottle of sugar pills will be added just a drop or two of the final dilution, and that's the medicine. In the real world of normal physics and chemistry, it's hardly surprising most doctors and scientists regard much of homeopathy as completely absurd. One of the basic principles of homeopathy is simply that the less you give of a drug, the bigger effect that it has. And this is really rather like saying the less whiskey you drink, the more drunk you get. Um, everybody knows that that's not true. And one really doesn't have to have any sort of scientific subtlety to realize that it's not true. It's counter to ordinary, everyday experience. Now, this is really very easily illustrated by just considering the sort of dilutions that are used in homeopathic remedies. There's quite a commonly used dilution, 24C so-called. What that means is that you make a hundred-fold dilution of the drug and then you repeat that and you repeat it another 24 times. And that means you've diluted the drug out by a factor of a million, 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 million fold. So there's not very much of the drug left. In fact, there's none of the drug left whatsoever. In order to get even one single molecule of the drug when the dilution is like that, you would have to 
take a pill which was the size of the whole planet Earth just to get one molecule. Now, that is really very hard to swallow. And yet, more and more people seem to think homeopathy works. One pill, three times a day. Last year, an estimated 8 million Britons took homeopathic remedies and had over a million consultations. Some of them apparently successful, as for this patient with severe rheumatoid arthritis. I saw an immediate improvement within a couple of months. Um, so it was, very, it was a very dramatic thing that um, conventional medicine certainly couldn't help me at all, and homeopathy did. Uh, he was asthmatic, and he was not very well. I took him to the doctor, and the drugs that he was getting were making him rather dopey. So I thought there's got to be another way, and I tried homeopathy, and it's worked. It's been brilliant for him. I wouldn't practice homeopathy if I wasn't convinced, if I hadn't been convinced by my own personal experiences over many years that these things do have effects. I know what, you know, I'm, I'm conventionally trained in medicine. I know what you can achieve with conventional drugs. And I've seen homeopathy do things that I'm sure one couldn't have done by any other means. Sometimes there appear to be spectacular cures. I started treatment last Wednesday, and by Saturday night I could move my foot that I haven't been able to move for at least nine years. Uh, I just can't believe it. I feel fantastic. So, no, it's a miracle. But miracles aren't proof. And the official view is that homeopathy only works as a placebo effect. Any cures being due to suggestion, it's all in the mind. Basically, we were unable to find any evidence to support uh, the view that homeopathy offers anything uh, to uh, patients other than uh, it will help from a psychological and possibly even a psychiatric point of view. Uh, uh, patients need a shoulder to cry on, and the homeopathic physician provides that. Whether his medicines do any good or not is another matter. The medical establishment having dismissed homeopathy, it takes courage to investigate it within its very walls. But that's just what one young doctor at Glasgow's prestigious Royal Infirmary has done. David Riley, like other doctors, has been aware of the growth of alternative medicine and out of sheer scientific curiosity felt he had to discover why some of it appeared to work. It seemed to me that homeopathy presented really the greatest scientific challenge. And within our thought structure, it seems completely implausible. Uh, and yet the worldwide demand and the patient experiences seemed so dramatic and persistent across time that I felt it was a puzzle that really had to be solved. So I decided to investigate this strange therapy and one of the aspects I looked at was the historical background. I was quite stunned. The system had been developed in a progressive manner for approaching 200 years. I found medical journals published in continuity for a century and a half. I found many apparently learned and skilled physicians writing up case histories reporting success and serious life-threatening infections. And leafing through one of these textbooks, I realized if 5% of this is true, the implications are absolutely stunning for the population and for medicine itself. Nevertheless, um, I came to the conclusion, I must be honest, the biased conclusion that I was looking at one of the most fascinating structures built around suggestion and goodwill and naivety that the medical world had perhaps ever seen. But he decided to put homeopathy to the test on hay fever. 
A standard treatment for hay fever, in fact, uses a homeopathic principle that like cures like. Conventional doctors try to cure hay fever by injecting grass pollen to build up immunity. Homeopaths use the same idea, but in pill form and in infinitesimal amounts. Homeopaths claim that if you dilute this pollen in a particular way, it continues to be active at levels which we would say are impossible, beyond Avogadro's numbers, as in technical language, uh, really ridiculous levels of dilution. So although uh, hay fever was the disease, the issue was these so-called potencies or extreme dilutions. These two bottles here contain the medicines... And so in 1983, Dr. Riley tested two bottles of identical pills on over 30 hay fever sufferers. Unknown to them, only one of the bottles had been dosed with a few drops of the homeopathic remedy. The other contained just dummy pills. You'll fill out uh, this line as I described a visual analog scale that will score just how bad the hay fever has been that day. His volunteers were asked to keep a daily record of their hay fever symptoms while taking first one bottle and then the other. Dr. Riley fully expected his trial to prove that any benefit from the homeopathic remedy would be due to a placebo effect, that it was all in the mind. <coughs> but the study showed that remedy worked. Unfortunately for me and my thinking at that time, it yielded a positive result, a statistically significant positive result. So I took the attitude, something has gone wrong here. This is impossible. And I said, let's rerun this study. So all, all and any criticism that was offered was incorporated in rerunning the study. And it was run in the year later on a much grander scale, five times more patients, and all sorts of inbuilt measures against bias or fraud or any other possible explanation. Every diary was examined by an independent assessor from the University Department of Medicine who verified the data against the computer printout. He signed this, put, placed it in a sealed envelope and delivered it to the statistician. He checked this paper against the disk he received and analyzed the results triple blind as is known in the trade. He didn't know which group was which. The result was a surprise. Again, the homeopathic medicine demonstrated itself as being greater in effect than the dummy medicine. In fact, the homeopathic remedy was 15% better, and indeed quite as good as many conventional hay fever treatments. So does that prove homeopathy works? It's completely artificial to expect one trial to prove or disprove such an important controversy. One looks across a broad spectrum of activity and see if the critical mass of evidence is moving towards a resolution of this problem. Christopher Day is a homeopathic vet. He's a leading figure among a growing number of British vets who have turned to homeopathy and his experience with it provides another important piece of evidence. Although conventionally trained, over the years he has come to reject conventional drugs and now relies mainly on homeopathy. I qualified in 1972 from Cambridge University and after a few weeks in practice I was tempted to try some homeopathic remedies on some chronic cases and I found to my surprise that a percentage of them were responding in a way which I never thought was possible before. And from then on, really, it's been a slippery slope. I'm afraid I've gone on deeper and deeper. Hi, Gunny. All right. All right. We've obviously got to try and stimulate that nerve to heal and reduce the bruising around it. 
and uh, that way she'll have a chance. Broadly speaking, the advantage of homeopathy is the lack of side effects in that, uh, especially in the case of chronic disease where you can envisage long-term treatment with drugs, which even with the mild drugs will produce side effects. With homeopathy, we are free of that danger. So we're talking about a, a tremendously safe system of medicine. And all it requires is to know that it's effective before it becomes correct to use it. And we certainly proved the effect in chronic cases here. And this is Kim. As with humans, homeopathic diagnosis for animals includes personality. You feel that she is much happier anyway in the cool. In the cool, yes. She is herself. Does she have any fears? People? No. Are the dogs all right? Yes. For the last five years, Kim has had a skin condition which conventional vets have been unable to clear up with drugs. And in desperation, Kim's owner has come to Christopher Day for help. She's very good, isn't she? No, she's... I don't think she's really enjoying this. This particular case is very typical of many of the skin problems we see. And it has been on steroid for quite a long time with diminishing effect. And it is still self-mutilating. It is still scratching and biting has these tremendous sores on the back and has lost a lot of hair. And what we intend to give it is sulfur because this remedy in fact fits most closely the picture that's presented by this dog in terms of its character and its likes and dislikes and the skin lesions that we're seeing. And I've chosen the 200th centesimal potency, the 200C, because I feel that this will suit the case best in the power that it will give. And this is the remedy diluted one in a hundred, 200 times. So we're talking about a remedy, well, sub-molecular, and I anticipate it would have quite a beneficial effect on the case. Three months later, Kim was brought back for a checkup by a grateful owner. There's a good girl. Shall we turn around the light in there and see her a little bit better around there? For the first time in years, the skin problem looked considerably improved. Now, how's she been? Well, as regards the general condition of coat, she's 100% better than when we had her before. And just up here, it seems to have cleared up tremendously well, doesn't it? Animals are meant to be less suggestible than humans. So do successful cases like this mean that homeopathy might not be all in the mind? I think the sceptics will often level the argument that the apparent healing effects of homeopathy will be down to a, a mental process, that it's all in the mind. And this so-called placebo effect is a word that's often used. And where you could imagine perhaps a small amount of this occurring in a, an owner-pet bonding relationship, I fail to see how, when the large proportion of my work is done on farm animals, large herds of farm animals, dosed via their drinking water, how we are going to convince them that they're going to be healed and therefore have a mental process that's healing them. I fail to see how that can be all in the mind. Like most country vets, Christopher Day has to survive in the hard commercial world of the farm where sick animals cost money. A major loss for milk producers is an infection of the udder called mastitis. As Day became more confident with homeopathy, he decided to offer farmers a new mastitis treatment. He told them they could help prevent mastitis by adding a few milliliters of a homeopathic remedy to their cow's water supply just once a month. I was very, very skeptical. What he told me is just a matter of putting a few drops of water into a trough. I thought, how on earth can it work? But um, actually doing it has proven to me that it is very successful. And um, the savings on the herd is incredible. Just by putting five milliliters of water, as it looks like, into the water trough once a month, is saving me a thousand pounds a year. 
So that has convinced me. I'm not skeptical anymore. The new homeopathic treatment for Peter Reed's cows has saved him that much money because the normal treatment for mastitis ends up being pretty expensive. Vets normally prescribe antibiotics, which must be repeatedly injected into the udder until the infection clears up. The reason the orthodox treatment is so costly is that for days afterwards, the cow's milk must be thrown away because of the antibiotic residues. But these days, for Peter Reed, that problem is rare. Before we used homeopathic treatments, we were getting about 30 to 40 cases of mastitis, clinical cases of mastitis, every year. Since we've been using homeopathic treatments and remedies, we are down to as low as six a year now, which is very rare that we get a case. It's, we can always put it down to a cow having a blow from another cow, either being kicked or bunted in the other. Never from just a normal clinical case. Cattle on other farms have also been getting Christopher Day's homeopathic treatments. Again, it seems, with good results. We've been using uh, homeopathic medicine for about six years on the farm here now and gradually increasing it over that time. Uh, we find it very effective in many cases. Not totally effective, but uh, in many cases very effective. In, in some problems that we have on the farm, we have a disease called New Forest Eye, which is a disease of the eye that cattle get. And there I would describe it as a miracle cure, no doubt about it. With New Forest Eye in cattle, and if you look at the, cow the cows here, the conventional treatment would be shots of antibiotic underneath the eyelid every day for four or five days. Now those animals would have to be caught, held and injected in their big animals. And in some cases you could be talking about 30 or 40 animals a day. Now with the homeopathic treatment, it's a case of a few drops of these homeopathic remedies in the water throw daily. And that will cure this problem within three or four days. It is a miracle. Chris Day's experience with a number of local farmers like John Deering has finally convinced him. We've found that administering remedies in the water does have a profound effect on chronic diseases within a herd. At what dilution? Again, a 30th centesimal dilution. So, which is 1 in 130 times, or 10 to the minus 60, to give you its mathematical way. So, effectively, you're still giving water? We're still giving submolecular concentrations, quantities, call them what you like of the remedy, yes. In the water supply? In the water supply, so it's already then being diluted again, <laughs> which is fairly mind-boggling. But I mean, it can be diluted several hundred times again, which is infinitesimal amount compared to what it's already been through. And it appears very effective, and it is very, very repeatable. We have actually done one trial, uh, which we monitored very, very closely in a dairy herd, to see the effects of homeopathy on mastitis and we split the herd into two groups of 40 cows. And we supplied the farmer with two bottles. One was a, an unmedicated solvent, and the other bottle contained homeopathic treatment. One was labeled A and one was labeled B. So there was no way the farmer knew which bottle was which, which side of the herd, if you like, he was treating, and which side he was just giving solvent to. And we went through the whole winter with him administering small quantities to the water troughs of each side, now, one side is getting A and one side is getting B throughout the winter. We monitored mastitis occurrences, we monitored the difficulty of curing it, and we monitored all the mastitis parameters within the herd. And what we found actually was most startling in this particular herd, we found one case only of mastitis in the treated herd and 19 cases in the untreated side. 
and that was 19 out of 40, so we're talking about a 50% incidence on one side, and one in 40 on the other side. But how can it possibly work? No one seems to be able to explain why it works. I think this is a big problem. I have no problem personally, because I've seen it working. And when you remove yourself from the problem of molecules being the only thing that do anything, and think more about energies, then the thing starts to make a lot more sense. And you can understand the concept that in producing an energetic change in the body, the body can then get on and heal itself. But how can the chemical energy and information in a substance continue to survive repeated dilutions? One theory to explain homeopathy says that the water the substance is diluted in may somehow have a memory of the original substance. It may be that contained within the water is some form of biophysical imprint. Let me, let me give you a model for this. Water is one substance in one concentration and yet it can take many forms. Water truly is a strange substance. In particular, if you think of snowflakes, one substance and one biochemical concentration absolutely identical, and yet showing an infinite capacity for variation and form. Every snowflake is unique. Every one of the countless millions of snowflakes and the pattern and the field which maintains that pattern is unique. And so we have an infinite capacity for informational structure within a biochemically identical substance. And so really we're asking, is bio biological information encoded within these solutions, within these water solutions? Okay, everyone. Again, that was a great audio clip on homeopathic and please join us again on the archives and i enjoy everyone being on the call with me and please share this with everyone have a good day until next time everyone bye-bye